Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, and welcome to South Valley Online. This morning, we have the opportunity to worship our God, lift our voices on high and give him praise. We have an opportunity to gather in our homes throughout our community and have a time to be able to take in God's word, pray together, and just have an opportunity to share our faith with our family and even with our neighbors around us. As you know, we've been navigating through the waters of COVID uh, just throughout the several past months, and it's become difficult. And every time we think we have something that we know we're going to be doing, it changes. So today we're going to change a little bit and we're going to be going back and implementing some of those recordings of worship that we've done throughout the past several months. And that's an opportunity for us again to sing at home, to be able to give God praise. The reason we're doing this is because we've been given a mandate that we need to discontinue singing during rehearsals and other things. And we know that this is only gonna be temporary. So as we're doing this, these songs can still be used to be able to glorify God and we pray that they will touch your heart and remind you that no matter what you're facing, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is worthy of praise in all circumstances. So as we go into this time, I want you to open your windows, open your front door, lift your voice on high, and let everyone in your neighborhood know that you are singing praises to God and giving him praise with everything you got. So welcome to South Valley.
Come on. The everlasting God. Lift that up. The everlasting God. Come on.
Amen. 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 Give the Lord a shout out. Amen. He is worthy of praise. We wanted to share a song with you this morning, and many of you have heard this song. And you can lift it up because it's a reminder of the constants of God. It is rooted in Scripture. These words out of Psalms tells us this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in to save the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the the God who gives and takes away and I'll praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands for you are who you are no matter where I am and every tear I've cried you hold in your hand you never left my side Though my heart is torn, I will praise you in the storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry to you. You raised me up again. And my strength is almost gone. How can I carry on if I can't find you? And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. Praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I cry, you hold in your hand, you never left my side, though my heart is cold, I will praise you in this storm. 
Dear Heavenly Father, let us be reminded of that, that even the darkest of places, you are worthy of praise. Lord, there's nothing you can't handle. There's nothing you don't see. So every place that we are, every place that we are seeing this service, Lord, let you move in a way that would draw us to you, that would restore our faith in you, that would drive out fear, that would put all hope and trust in you, Lord. Because in all circumstances, you do not change. You are the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So regardless of the storms of life, Lord, you will pull us through because you are a God who is faithful. You are a God who is a deliverer. You are a God who moves in great and mighty ways. So we thank you for this opportunity to praise your name. And we look forward to how you're going to move this morning, Lord. Pray for every heart to be drawn to you. For those who don't know your son, Lord, to be drawn to you that they would want to know who Christ is and the love you have for them and their lives would be forever impacted and changed. So again, all honor and glory go to you, our Heavenly Father. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning, South Valley. It is a great opportunity to be able to come to you and just let you know some of the things that are going on uh, as we are still gathering at home. Uh, we want to let you know that there are some things that have paused temporarily on our campus. One of those is Celebrate Recovery uh, has decided to pause right now. They were meeting on Friday nights, and they're going to still be uh, keeping in touch. Uh, but they're going to be pausing their meetings on Friday nights, and we'll keep you posted on when that is going to be starting back up. We also want to let you know that our renewed thrift store has been going through a lot of changes and getting ready to do some awesome things, uh, but they're going to be pausing on, on opening up right now uh, just to guard uh, some of the vulnerable members of our community and of our congregation who serve over there and uh, provide uh, just for the community around us. So we're going to pause that for now as well. And we want to remind you that uh, as we are not together, we still have an opportunity to give back to the Lord what he has blessed us with. And your generosity has uh, just been so, so gratefully received. We have been able to help those in need in our community, help those in need even across the world through your generosity. So we want to remind you that uh, if you're part of South Valley, we'd love to have you still give. If you're just tuning in with us, please don't feel any pressure. There are great opportunities to give. Uh, you can see we can give online through svcclamore.org, select Donate. You can also give by texting any amount to 84321, or you can send a check uh, to 25 Willow Drive, our church address. And again, we are so grateful for your diligence and your generosity throughout this time. We know it's hard, but everything that we do for the Lord, he takes, he blesses, and he uses it beyond any measure that we can do on our own. Now, I know if you're feeling like me, I've been reading through God's word, I've been reading through some devotionals, and I have allowed myself to get frustrated with the things going on in the world around me. I've allowed myself to get my head turned and get aggravated with just so much that is ever-changing. So I'm challenging myself, and I'm asking if you want to join me this week in this challenge. See, the Bible tells us this. Read this verse here. Jesus said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'm holding on to that verse this week. Because see, when your world is perfect and life is great, 
That's where you're finding your peace, in the world. And right now, I think we can all agree that the world is not where I want to find my peace. I need to bring my peace back to Jesus and let him be the center of where I am constantly finding my strength, constantly finding my peace. And so throughout this week, I want to challenge you that anytime you're getting frustrated, anytime you're getting aggravated, anytime you may want to post on Facebook that comment or that post that probably isn't the best thing to do, pull it back. Hold on to this verse. Think of the peace that Jesus gives you. Think of the peace that we as believers have to show the rest of the world. Because our ability to have stability and calm in the craziness of the world around us is one of the strongest testimonies as believers we can have to the world that is facing these things daily. So will you join me in finding peace this week? Pray to God, seek him, and don't let the enemy steal your joy or your peace, but find your joy in Jesus Christ. Now, speaking of joy, I want you to pay attention to this video from our friends in Faraha. They have some news to share for you, and they are filled with joy and just want to thank you for some great things we've been doing. Kwa majina naitwa Anthony Mwangangi Kilonzo. Mimi nimeoa kuna bibi na watoto wawili na kufikia hapo nashukuru maana Mungu ameweza kutusaidia na tunaendelea ingawaje maisha wakati corona imekuja mambo imebadilika maisha imekuwa chini lakini kwa uwezo wa Mungu kupitia furaha community tangu mwezi wa 4 tumeona mwangaza mahali palikuwa na ngizi lakini upande wa chakula furaha imetusaidia imeshughulikia tumbo zetu na ninashukuru sababu hawa watoto ni wadogo na hawajui kama hakuna kazi My name is Carol a social worker in Furaha Community Foundation on behalf of the parents the staff and the community I would like to say thank you to our supporters and donors we are deeply grateful for the food support during this difficult time of COVID-19 because of you hope was restored back in the family because of you the elderly and those on medication were able to have a balanced meal because of you our teenage girls were able to have safe menstruation using the appropriate material majina yangu ni resina nashukuru sana kwa shule ya furaha kwa sababu imetusaidia zaidi kwa sababu wakati huu wa covid 19 wakati mgumu na sababu ambayo ifanye nishukuru furaha ni kwa sababu chakula tumekuwa tukipata tumekuwa tukipata maji tumekuwa tukisaidika kwa njia mbalimbali na ningependa sana kuwashukuru na kusema kwamba hata wale wadhami ambao wanawasaidia kutufikia na kutusaidia kwa njia mbalimbali Mungu awasaidie zaidi na wabariki manake sio wazazi peke yao wamesaidika kwa shule bali hata community imesaidika nimeona mmefikia wagonjwa nimeona mmefikia wadhaifu Nimeona mmefikia hata wale ambao wajiwezi wale ambao hawezi kutembea. Nikashukuru sana nikasema ya kwamba Bwana wa Mungu awainue zaidi. Ninafuraha sana kwa yale ambayo furaha wametufanyia wakati wa COVID-19. Wametusaidia kwa vyakula ambapo tunapata vyakula tunakula. Si rahisi COVID-19 imerudisha hii uchumi yetu chini hasa kazi. Nashukuru na furaha sana kwa yale ambayo ametufanyia. I will also like to thank all the volunteers who ensure that the food was safely delivered, adhering to the regulations 
of COVID-19. There is a lot of appreciation from special groups we serve, like window and windower, HIV and AIDS affected and infected, families with special cases like cerebral palsy, autism and physical disability. Right now, joy is overwhelming families can afford a smile after receiving a, bas a basket of food, a bar of soap to clean their hands and many more. Their strong ones remains. May God bless Wigu. We love you. We need you. Not only today, but forever. As you stretch your hands to give, today, tomorrow, may God bless you in abundance. Well, good morning, South Valley. <laughs> uh, that video from Faraha just stirs something in your soul. And you guys have had your souls stirred for over 10 years as you've stood with Faraha. And you know David, and uh, you've watched these kids grow up, and many of you have visited. And uh, they've been battling with COVID in Nairobi and in Kenya. Uh, jobs have been lost, curfews in place, uh, schools are all closed down. And uh, they're just struggling for life. And uh, we just heard that the government announced that the schools are to stay closed for the rest of 2020. So this means that the kids who were going to graduate from high school, the kids who were going to go from primary school to high school, they've just lost a year. And they're going to have to repeat that year. And uh, it's tragic for them. Uh, and then with the schools closed, it means also that this is where they got their food. Every day, the kids got a healthy meal. And that's not going to happen. And so uh, over these last many months, uh, Faraha have been working to take care packages and be there for the community. And uh, we're so grateful for the kind and generous people who've made that happen. And as we now look at the rest of the year, as school is now out, then if you want to join in that there, then you can help Faraha giving through South Valley Community Church. And we'll make sure that that money gets to Faraha to help them at this difficult time as, as they pray for us and we pray for them and stand with them. And, you know, one of the things that the people in Faraha always told me when we went to visit was, please don't forget us. Because what happens is people go and visit and then they forget them. And we're so grateful that the people of South Valley have never forgotten the dear and precious children of Faraha and Haruma Slum. And so thank you for standing with them at this difficult time and they express their thanks in that video to you. So mastering the art of living part five. And boy, it's a hot one today in Lamore. Like somebody's turned up the thermostat. Goodness me. Okay, uh, And it's that time of year when people pull out their surf shorts or their swimsuits or the famous itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka-dot bikini, you know? And we stand in front of the mirror and we say, maybe next year. <laughs> this, this person was terribly overweight and they went to their doctor and the doctor put them on a diet. And uh, he told them to eat regularly for two days and then skip a day. And then repeat this procedure for two weeks. And by their next visit, he wanted to see that they had lost five or six pounds. Well, on their next visit, the doctor was shocked that they'd lost 20 pounds. And he said, that's amazing. Did you follow my instructions? And they said, yes, but I thought I was going to drop dead that third day. And the doctor asked, like, from hunger? 
And they replied, no, from skipping. <laughs> you get it? Okay, you might need to rewind this video to get that joke, okay? Uh, listen to this quote that comes from a 19th century Irish philosopher who wrote, by the age of 40, everyone has the face they deserve. If you're my age or older, turn to the one you love who's hopefully watching this with you and say, darling, it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> it's, it's truly profound, though painfully true, that by 40, we do have the face that we deserve. Uh, by the choices that we've made, by the things we've exposed ourselves to, by the care we've shown it, or the neglect that we have practiced. And despite what Ole Regenerist Night Recovery Moisturizing Treatment might advertise, there's not a lot you can do after the age of 40 to reverse the neglect. My Chicago church pastor assures us that sooner or later, old man wrinkle comes for everybody. And from about the age of 25, changes begin to kick into the outer you. Uh, skin begins to lose its elasticity and shrivels, and age spots begin to multiply. You look down at your hands, and you realize you're looking at your parents' hands. Ah! And the weight begins to shift from the poles of your body towards the equator. And, and your hair stops growing where you want it to. And it boldly glows to places no hair has gone before. And some of you who are younger than 25 and listening to this, you say, this will never happen to me. We will not grow old. We will not sag or go bald. But the truth this morning needs to be told. It will happen to you. And frankly, we're looking forward to it happening to you. By the age of 40, everyone has the face they deserve. But I want to go beneath the surface because I'm not talking about age spots or wrinkles or lines under the eyes or hair growing in new places. I want to talk this morning about the within that's expressed by your face. By the age of 40, everyone has the faith, face they deserve. Maybe that is profound, not just because of the effects of aging, but because our faces tell us so much about our souls. Maybe it's seen in the sadness around the eyes, or maybe it's seen in the worry lines, or maybe it's there in the struggling smile. Maybe by 40, we do show on our faces what we are inside. We're still teaching the series, Mastering the Art of Living, and here's where we're going to go this week. Despite all the attention that we give our faces, despite the volumes of product offered to help us put on our best face, we actually live from our souls. Our faces show it, but maybe we have the face we deserve 
because of what we have or haven't done for our souls, our inner lives. Some call it our hearts. Some call it our spirits. Some call it our wills. Some use the term our souls. All are referring to the inner being, the inner self, and how we find our lives, and how we find the world around us, and how we enter the future is, as Dallas Willard puts it, almost totally a result of what we have become in the depths of our being. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, knew this. He'd heard Jesus teach a lot about this. And as he sits down to now write his short letter to the Christians, he's wanting to help them master faith and live lives to the full Listen to what he says in James chapter 1, verses 13 to 18. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear friends. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits, of all He created. Jesus called it the law of the tree. And someone put it this way, what's going on inside the tree produces or determines, sorry, what gets produced outside the tree. So, Jesus is up the mountain doing His Sermon on the Mount, and He says these words in Matthew 7, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And then He adds, you'll know the real person by what you see. Let's try to understand what our lives uh, are like in a, in a clearer way this morning before we finish this message. A real helpful book I recommend for your summer reading is this book that's going to be put onto the screen here, Renovation of the Heart, uh, Putting on the Character of Christ, written by that gentleman I earlier quoted, Dallas Willard, who was professor of philosophy and theology at USC for many years and a very wise, learned Christian. You see, we so often focus on the outside, the way we look, the things we do, the family we have, the age we are, the things that come across our path, the events that, that happen to us. Oh, this is, our, this is our, our world, and our lives are determined by events and circumstances, geography, our parents, other people, the laws around us, the social institutions we attend. 
You see, we define our reality around the five senses, sight, hearing, touch, taste, and smell. But Jesus came, and Jesus pointed us to a totally different type of reality beyond the physical, and He guided us to the spiritual. Science misses the heart, but Jesus says everything stands or falls embracing the heart. It's from the heart, it's from the soul that everything else works. It's the law of the tree. If inside is bad, everything outside that the five senses define as life will also be bad. But if inside is good, then everything outside will also be good. But get the order right. What's happening inside will determine what gets produced outside, not the other way around. And when Jesus taught this, people didn't get it. Even religious people didn't get it. Take the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time of Jesus. The Pharisees' way to master the art of living, to live well, was to put a legal buffer around you. Highlight all the things that you're not meant to do, and as long as you know what behavior was wrong, you could live well. So, for instance, the law said, do not commit adultery. And the rabbis would teach. Their buffer around the law was, do not talk to a woman. A group of Pharisees went even further. I think I've told you about these Pharisees. Uh, They said, don't even look at a woman. Uh, And they used to walk around with their heads down, not looking up in case their eyes caught a woman. And they often walked into walls and posts, and they became known as the bloody Pharisees because of the blood on their foreheads. These buffers, these parameters put around them became known as the tradition of the elders. 523 sections, each with 10 to 14 paragraphs, later codified into what's known as the Mishnah. That's how people were living and trying to master the art of life. Here's the things not to do, and as long as you know the things not to do, you'll master life. And Jesus came in from a completely, fundamentally different approach. If you aim aim at behavior, doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong, you're set up to fail. You must aim instead at becoming the kind of person who wants to do right. And that comes from getting the inside right, rather than majoring on the outside. Becoming the kind of person who wants to do right, a right heart, a healthy soul, because we are people who live from the inside out. But James is a realist. He lives in the real world. (laughs) Okay, my big brother, you know the Messiah one? Well, I totally agree that we live from the inside out, but... You don't have the issues going on that I've got going on, says James. 
I want to live from the inside out, but I discover that my insides don't always want me to do what I want them to do. My problem isn't that I'm aiming at behavior modification. I truly am aiming at heart modification. But when I look inside me, I've got a battle going on. And James introduces us to our ever-present reality. Watch what he says. Every circumstance that we meet requires a decision. A decision that comes from our insights. Will we decide to go the right way or will we decide to not? That's verse 12. Will we take a step forward or will we take a step back? You and I face this kind of defining moment decision every day. Dallas Willard, again, just to quote him for the third time, <laughs> Dallas Willard brilliantly wrote these words, choice is where sin dwells. Aye, aye, aye. And let's, let's just leave those words on the screens for a few minutes, okay? Choice is where sin dwells. This is the uniqueness and the brilliance of being created a human being. We have the freedom to make choice. That, that makes us unique amongst the creation. Now, James goes deeper. Oh, okay, he says, there's a decision to be made inside of you, which will then lead to behavior outside of you. But sometimes my insides, my soul wants me to do the right thing, but sometimes it also wants me to do the wrong thing. There's a voice that sometimes is in my head. Where does that voice come from that suggests we go the wrong way or we go the other way than following the way of Jesus. In other words, if we live from the inside out, who or what influences our inside? Right this very minute, it is your soul that's running your life. Now, look at verse, 13, look at verse 13. Some people immediately point the finger at God. Let me quote some Burns to you, okay? Uh, Rabbi Burns. Rabbi Burns was Scotland's best-loved bard, poet. I'll, I'll do it with a Scottish lilt to it, okay? Thou knowest that thou hast formed me with passions wild and strong, and listening to their witching voice has often led me wrong. Notice what he's saying. You know, speaking to God, that you formed me with wild passions. <laughs> Burns had a very bad love life. He had multiple lovers, and he always also battled the bottle for years. And he was blaming God for giving him passions and appetites so strong. And that's why he yielded to temptations. It's not unique to Rabbi Burdens. Uh, Rasputin taught this. Ancients blamed their gods. Even Adam turned to God and said, the woman that you gave me, she made me do it. 
in the context of how James is engaging with this issue, he says, so life is hard. There are trials that come your ways. These trials test your faith, and when it gets too hard, you choose the wrong path. You make the wrong decision, and in your head, you tell yourself, it's too hard what God is asking me to go through. It's really God's fault for making me have to do this. And James writes, and James says, okay, okay. I can hear your brain cells working overtime, and you're trying to rationalize your poor behavior, and you're trying to come away with this argument that God is sovereign. He's in charge of everything, so ultimately, He's in charge of me sinning. But this is just a smokescreen, the real issue, and let's deal in reality, says James. You're not really wanting a deeper understanding. You're really looking for an excuse. And James is going to push us here. He's going to say, stop trying to pass the blame. He spares us no pity. And after summarizing the character of God, God cannot be tempted by evil, and God does not tempt anyone, he, he quickly brings us back to reality, and he says, the problem does not lie with God. The problem lies inside of us. Now, notice something. James doesn't go on to blame the devil. James goes on to say the real essence of temptation is not external. You don't go around saying the devil made me do it. James says the problem is internal. Verse 14, but each of you is tempted when you are dragged away by your own evil desire and enticed. <laughs> so, here's the fisherman telling you about how to live life like the master fisher of men. The bloke fishing takes a piece of bait, and he sticks it on a hook, and he drops it in the river. And the bait on the hook is to entice the fish out from the rock, because the fish desires the bait, but the fish responds to its desire, causes him to be trapped, caught, hooked, and supper. Now says James, Satan comes along with a baited hook. He drops it down in front of us. Now with the bait before our eyes, we have this inner desire for what is on that bait. So we go for it and we become caught and dragged away. James is reminding us what Jesus often taught, the awful truth that within each of us, within each of us, there is still something that responds to the bait. That's haunting. The bigger question is not if it is within us, it is. But are we responding to those desires? Do we take the bait? And James goes again further. He now changes the analogy to describe for us the consequences of taking the bait. And the analogy is of childbirth. There is, he says, conception, and then there is the period of birth. <laughs> and well seen, James wasn't a physician nor a woman because <laughs> he misses out nine months on a lot of sickness. But, but, what, but, but watch what else James says about the process. There's conception, and there's birth, and there's full grown, and there's death. And, and James is telling us what we don't really think about. The moment the process of conception is started, the sequence is unstoppable. 
For some it's shorter, for others it's longer, but the sequence is the same. Once the process is set in motion, it takes over. And here, says James, is the great danger of yielding to temptation. Yielding to temptation sets in motion an unstoppable sequence. When desire conceives, it gives birth to sin, the child of desire. And sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death, the point of no return. People, beware. Watch out for the bait. Watch out for what desiring the bait can set off. It's unstoppable. Oh, okay, Gilbert, okay. I'm doomed because I can't seem to stop taking the bait. I've got impulses and desires that seem to dominate and control me. Oh, not today, but, but you should have seen me last night. It was bad. What can I do? Well, James goes on in verses 16, 17, and 18 to say, God, rather than the one to blame, is standing here today, right now, fully within your reality to bring you salvation a good and perfect gift. And that salvation can even change your desires. It can renew your soul. <laughs> the, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, some of us used to live gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. He, he said to the Christians in Corinth, some of you used to be thieves and adulterers and greedy and cheaters, but he says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is to a new birth, a new creation, a new kind of human being, and it is something you don't only review, it's something you begin to live out. But notice how James says it begins. It begins by God giving you new birth through the word of truth, verse 18. So Christ followers have something new within them. We have this word, and His word is spoken into our lives by his Spirit, and that can renew our desires. This is the amazing, good, and perfect gift. Bishop Taylor Smith was the chaplain general to the British Navy, and he used this answer when Christian sailors shared with him their trouble with temptation he would say these words, one ship drives east, one ship drives west. By the self-same wind that blows, it's the set of the sails and not the gales which determines the way it goes. It's the set of the sails and not the gales which determine the way it goes. There is an invitation from God to set the sails of our souls to handle temptation rightly. There is a choice we make to set our sails His way, and there's a choice we make 
to set ourselves the way that everybody else goes. Listen to Proverbs 4, number 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Here endeth the lesson of mastering the art of living, number five. Let's pray. Choice is where sin dwells, God. And our life is a series of choices, even this very minute. And yet you've given us the amazing, good, and perfect gift of salvation, which includes your Holy Spirit and your Word to renew our souls and enable us to make the right choice. Help us live with our sails set to you, to your ways, to your heart, to your passions, and help us live out those choices that we may live well from our souls and produce good fruit. Christ's name we pray. Amen. May you have a blessed week, and then for the next two Sundays, Pastor Frank will be preaching, and then I'll come back to speak on Mastering the Art, number six. God bless.